There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's been a week. It's been a week, folks. To quote head coach Mark Adams, it has been a week. Yes. So we promised, or when we signed off last week, we said, you know, we hope to have some, some finality to the coaching situation, whatever that may be the next time we record. We got it. We got a, uh, a departure and a hiring between recordings. And I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and call power of the 23 personal podcast. That's fine. Um, In, invoke it. It will. It's, it's deserved. It's earned. So obviously like the news broke Monday evening, early evening before the national title game that Texas tech and Kirby Hocutt had promoted Mark Adams to be the head coach of the men's basketball program. Um, and at the time, because there was a basketball game going on, I was like, you know what? We won't do an instant reaction. We'll just, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll have a little bit more stuff to talk about after the, the news conference, press conference. Um, and here we are, man. Was that a press conference or a rally? Dude, it was uh, sure? <laughs> whatever Austin had times 10. Have you ever seen people tailgate for a press conference? <laughs> No, but I'm not surprised that Texas Tech has started that kind of tradition. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. The yeah, the now sort of infamous video circulating around the web with uh, Chris Beard and his fiance walking in through, well, I don't know, 10, 20 cheerleaders in a smattering of applause uh, kind of pales in comparison to what tech was able to throw together in pretty short notice for coach Adams. I, I have to admit, I kind of extracted myself from too much Chris Beard news after the Eagle landed officially on Thursday morning with the clandestine McDonald's meeting at 5am, but, and shout out to Plainview, great town. As Beard said, there is more to Plainview than just the McDonald's. But anyway, I, had avoided that video this whole time of he and his fiance walking through the cheerleaders. And then today I was finally able to watch it for the first time with the sound up. And I had no idea that it's just, that's it. That's Welcome, all you get coach. people. Little few little golf, golf claps. claps. Yeah. So, um, we'll talk about all that. The, what we, what we know of, uh, the, early days of the Mark Adams era at Texas tech Um, initial fallout from that former coach leaving players gone, assistant coaches that have moved on 
and then look at what Adams is building and who he's been able to retain thus far. Um, who he's brought on on staff. We've, we've already heard of, a, I guess, his first assistant hire, associate head coach hire. Um, that moved really quickly. And then uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about some baseball. Yeah, I think they played some baseball this weekend. It, yeah, it's it was one of the, it was all it was a weekend. the first game was really great. <laughs> yeah, I was like when 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 you 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 beat Kansas State seventeen one, you're like yeah, it's gonna be a weekend of baseball, and then you you didn't do anything else the rest of the weekend. Um, so so yeah, we obviously had a lot of stuff to say in the past couple of days. Um, on the Twitter, you can follow us at 23 personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punts, suck Michael at Michael underscore LPK and find us on Instagram where we will be dropping video clips of the show as they come out. And then all kinds of new stuff on the sponsorship and podcast host media network side, armchair media is no more. Oh no, Spencer, what happened? Well, they, they, they still exist. They are doing a full rebrand. And, and when I say they, I mean, we, I mean, we're, we're still part of the network. Let's not, let's not play games here. Um, they are now, we are now part of the sports drink media network. That's right. New rebrand went live on April 1st, April fool's day. Questionable. <laughs> But why not? I mean, a lot happened on April 1st, uh, you know, 4-1. There's a lot that happened that day. Like, There's a lot that happened on that day. The the, the director of, of the group said, hey, if, if you guys want to start promoting this, it's like, I've got other things in my mind right now, man. Yeah, we, we could not focus. <laughs> we could, I'm not we worried about not pushing out the armchair to sports drink. But here we are. Um, with that comes a couple of uh, new sponsors, new opportunities. Um, one of them being locker room guys if you don't know locker room they are the they are a live audio only sports talk platform the app is free to download and use you guys can talk to us hosts here other fans athletes and insiders in real time it's perfect for watch parties debates post game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news um so Locker Room is a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. You will talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. So it's not just shows like ours that are on Locker Room. The A lot of other of the sports drink shows are already uh, utilizing Locker Room. We will be evaluating those opportunities probably in the fall. We, we, we may move our post-game instant reactions for football to locker room. We'll see. Um, yeah. Joining the conversations when that happens, we will obviously keep you guys up to date when all of that happens and goes live. All you need to do is when that time comes, download the locker room app for free in the iOS app store. Android should be coming soon. Create a profile, link your Twitter and join the group. Um, as soon as we get our, our profiles all set up, follow us and we'll let you know when we go live. And to continue with our uh, sponsorship by Bet Online, I've got a special message on this. This is this is Michael, as you know. 
from the 23 Personnel Podcast. It's that time of year again. All eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Opening day was this weekend, too. My gosh, April 1st had so much stuff happening. Bet Online has all of the betting action. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, Bet Online has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, championship boxing, you bet. Bet Online has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. Bet Online has you covered for all the odds and real time updates and is the place to. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. B for all your sports betting needs at BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. All right, Michael, let's let's hoop it up. Here comes Stevenson. First off, Michael, did you watch that game Monday night? I sure did. Dude. Um, and until, well, let's just say I didn't pay as close attention after the first 10 or 15 minutes. I was about to say, if you tuned in late, you missed basically all the excitement. Baylor, <laughs> yeah. Baylor introduced themselves to Gonzaga in a ferocious way. They opened up the game and built like a 17-point lead in like 10 minutes. I think they were five for five from three to start. Mm-hmm. And I think Gonzaga was like one of five. Um, so yeah, bears won the title Monday night. 
it's a little disgusting to say. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, so I was talking to, to my wife about this as much as many upsets as we saw this year, it would have felt wrong if Baylor Gonzaga hadn't been the final game. Like we kind of got the best of both worlds. We got to see the, the wild upsets and the crazy stories and all that kind of stuff. And then when it came time to decide a winner, it wasn't some like way outmatched team. It wasn't like a one versus 11. Like it could have been, no, you got, it almost was (laughs) almost was you got the two teams that came into the season one, two, right? These were the top two one seeds in the bracket. Um, they came together and it was at least as a Baylor fan, if you were a Baylor fan or at least cheering for the, the bears to win this game, I don't know why you would, it was entertaining and enjoyable. Yes. I, was, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. It was a fun way to get to that point. And it's kind of like, um, you know, when you see the two best teams in the NBA, okay. Yeah. They face, they face off in the finals and, it goes to seven games or whatever, but that was, that was the exciting part about it. And Gonzaga just looked so unbeatable until they played UCLA. And then they just looked really lost against Baylor. And I knew Baylor was good. We'd seen it firsthand. We felt the wrath (laughs) with an 0 and 2 run this year. (laughs) Yes. And the last one, especially really sucked. (laughs) I mean, it was just painful. Um, so yes, we've, we've seen it firsthand, but even seeing it firsthand, we thought, well, tech's not quite at the caliber of Gonzaga this season, blah, blah, blah. You talk yourself out of it. And yeah, Gonzaga just got exposed by UCLA and barely came away with a win on a miracle of a shot, just incredible shot. But, the where I was going with that is just, I thought, well, okay, well, that's going to, that was their gut check. That was their, okay, yeah, sure, we're undefeated, but man, just barely. That was that was too close last night. Let's let's take it to these guys from Waco and show them how it's done. And that did not happen um, at all. It was, I think, 9-0 to zero <laughs> instantly. Then 9-1, to one, someone made a free throw, and it just cascaded from there. Baylor really, their talent, uh, defensively and their athleticism and their shooting just skyrocketed them to where the game was over in five minutes. Yeah. I mean, as to what you said, Baylor won the game in the first few minutes, they built their lead and they just held their arm out like, uh, Desmond Howard in the, the Heisman pose. Like you're not getting any closer. Yeah. So college basketball is done. Um, except for, coaching carousel, which we had ourselves a little ride on that ourselves. <sighs> Still kind of nauseous Thursday morning. Um, last Thursday morning, we saw the dreaded tweets coming out. Sources confirm that university of Texas has hired Chris beer to be the head coach of the men's basketball program. We had talked about that possibility last week that he was gaining a lot of interest to join the horns down in Austin. Um, and I think where we left it on Tuesday was it's really, it's what it's going to be up to whatever beard wants, because I think what Texas tech has to offer, um, 
I would say is still better what than what he's getting or got from from Texas. Um, but it's ultimately like it's not like it's not like UT has all this other stuff that it's like it's just a, a no brainer decision. Um, he had the the freedom, he had the reins of the program, uh, he had big money donors putting a lot of resources into it. Um, top five salary in the country. Yes. So it's not like, like we, we weren't paying him or we couldn't pay him. It's not like we didn't have the fan support. Not like we couldn't prove that we could win things. Ultimately came down to just what did he want to do? And he wanted to go coach in Austin. Yeah. I, I, we did visit about that a little bit last week. I think, we were both hopeful he wouldn't and no, for sure. It seemed, it seemed like it was, I, I made it clear that I didn't want him to and that we really didn't think money was going to be an option. Um, one theory I floated out was echoing Rob bro saying that he would leave if he felt that he could win there faster or sooner, which we don't really believe that either. No, not with, I mean, not that Texas doesn't have great players and good facilities. It's, it's not that they're not, I mean, they're still Texas and they are throwing, throwing money at this program right now. But yeah, Beard's going to come, come away making about the same he made here. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's going to be doing it in Austin and, but he's able to poach these, these coaches. I think he's, he's already got at least one head coach from UTA that's on his staff now. I think he was pursuing the guy at UTEP. So I guess he's just going to deplete all of the university of Texas system of their head coaches. <laughs> and they're going to become the, the, the Texas basketball Avengers and, and put together a team. But I'd, I, you know, we're trying to come up with reasons why this is basically not at me this whole time, aside from what he told Hoka, which Hoka didn't, completely understand or buy is that he wanted another challenge. That's definitely a challenge. I I mean, to go to a school who thinks of basketball as like a, an afterthought to, to football for sure. Um, You know, that their women's team had a lot of success this year and the, but then the men's team did too. I mean, but it's just the fans don't come out like they've, started to come out in Lubbock and that's because of beard to an extent. I mean, no, let's not say that that's not part of the reason, but maybe he's just, maybe he missed that. Maybe he missed the pressure. He missed the, the, um, you know, feeling like someone had their thumb on him to try to get him to perform. And that's where I was coming back to. Hoka mentioned basically offering a, a revolving lifetime contract. Personally, I don't know if that's, I don't know if beard's a guy you offer that to. I think you take the pressure off of somebody like Beard. They think, "Oh, okay. Well, I've now. Now, what do I do? What's the point now?" You're talking about a guy who wanted to coach basketball so bad he was coaching this pro team and living out of his car and doing all sorts of stuff. So I, I, I think you take the pressure off of him a little bit, and I think it hurt the negotiations somewhat. Um. That's just my personal opinion. Obviously, no one has told me that. I feel like I I say that about 10 times on every podcast, but that's just my word salad of trying to formulate why he thought this was a better place for him. And I think it was, it really must have just 
boiled down to wanting the challenge. I, I think it's crap. I, don't, I, I wouldn't believe anything about him having orange blood in his veins or whatever. He got his degree in 1995, guys. You Raider Riot, guys, if there's anybody that that cool listening to our podcast. I mean, he got his degree before y'all were born. So I'm not sure he's that invested in the University of Texas, especially after spending 15 of those 26 years yeah. in Lubbock. Yeah. So one of the things that I picked up on in Hocutt's press conference, so he called a, he called a press conference uh, Thursday afternoon. And Four said, one. It was so much happened that day, <laughs> and and basically said, you know, hey, this is uh, this is a change in direction. Um, you know, we had our, our, our head basketball coach accept another position. Um, he, I mean, Hokad said he didn't understand wanting a new challenge. Um, but I think, I mean, the details he shared in that press conference sounded like he knew or he should have known that this was coming. When yes. you offer your standing head coach an extension months ago and they tell you they're not interested, you need to be firing up the the head coach searching radar, plugging into the search firms right then and there. Um, if you're, if you're standing coach, the one that, that you believe can take you uh, and build you into a national prominent program says he's not interested in looking at your extension. Then I, the, you can't count on him being here the day after the season ends. Um, and we saw that because Thursday morning, uh, beard met with Del Conte, the athletic director from Texas up in Plainview at McDonald's you know, why they couldn't go to Whataburger. I mean, there's not one in plain view. I think this I, I calls into question of everything he's ever said. Yeah. Um, I, I, my, my thought was if there's no Whataburger, at least go to the Dairy Queen guys. That's, that's the, that's the bare minimum you can do. Go to a small town. If you're going to eat at a chain restaurant, go to the DQ guys. But at 5 a.m., who knows? DQ may not be open yet. I bet there's an Allsup somewhere. Damn it. Go to the Allsup's. <laughs> there's not a place to sit in a gas station. It's fine. Anyways, there's tailgates. Uh, and the other thing that, that Hokut said is that once Texas had made their formal offer, Chris Beard didn't share those details. Didn't give Hokut or Texas Tech the chance to counter. Um, he said, this is what I want. That's what I'm going for. Um, he waited until four one to save the university of Texas an extra million dollars in his buyout. I mean, if this was something he was wanting to do, uh, you know, he's to cost Texas tech another, you know, basically Texas tech loses out on another million dollars. Yeah. Because of that. But that's the, the whole thing about it's questionable, the f not questionable. Um, the motives behind it, it. I don't know if we'll ever fully understand why he left, but we, we can to. say this, that it does seem like he and Hokut were in communication for several days leading up to this. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he didn't completely blindside Hokut with it. Like you said, Tubby Smith did. Right. Like you said, Hokut's spider senses, spidey senses should have been tingling way back when that lifetime contract was denied. So I bet it didn't shock him anyway. When, when Texas came calling and beard was, uh, transparent with Hokut and, you know, up to a point Del Conte was transparent with Hokut. He knew that they were talking. So all of that 
you know, that was done across the board, but still I'm, I'm a week removed from it and we have replaced him with who I wanted. So I, I'm in a much clearer place to talk about this <laughs> than if we would have recorded Thursday night or something. And I'm really glad we didn't. Yeah. But it would have been a lot. Yeah, of just, I'm, I, don't, I'm, I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't, I don't been a lot of it would just been a lot of ex- expletives probably. And, and you know, I, I really enjoyed the hypocrisy of everybody in the town willing to give him the key to the city. And then the second he bolts, they, they're just ready to hang him from the tallest tree. But I, I do think that he didn't, he could have handled this better. And I just, I really wish he would have gone to almost anywhere else, almost anywhere else. Now, so a lot of other people are saying that like reading body language, there was some (laughs) negative body language coming from Chris Beard after this. And I don't know if it was just the weight of everything going on, like having to make that kind of decision or if it was was like um, he would be treated by Lubbock and fans and everybody. Yeah. Or if like he, he had that, like that immediate buyer's remorse while like you buy a new car, you're like, why did I do that? <laughs> right. And you're just um, sitting looking at it in the driveway going, was that really worth really? $700 a month I'm going to be paying or whatever it I is. Or- I could have just gotten a used one. It would have gotten me where I needed to go. The car I had before was fine. <laughs> the car was a year old. No, I was whatever. Um, so you mentioned... Uh, that Texas Tech ends up with with the one that you wanted. Um, not that Chris Beard didn't try, because it, it it is it. Rumors are that he basically gave his existing staff at Texas Tech. I wouldn't call an ultimating, but like, hey, the bus is leaving in an hour. We have a spot for you in Austin. If you're on the bus, let's go. I think that's more than rumor. Hokut said that in his conference. And two guys didn't get on, didn't join. One being obviously Mark Adams, one being Sean Sutton. Now, Hoka did say that Sh- Sutton was headed up to, to Oklahoma to visit family, so it could yeah, have he was been, he was on the road. <laughs> it could have been just just it was like it didn't matter. Like he was going to go see family. Um, but Adams was like, no, no. Uh, and then I I even saw something like as part of uh you know, the conversation, I don't know who would have heard this or where it would have come from, but I do want to share it because it paints a little bit uglier picture of Chris Beard <laughs> and his, his, his tactics, his tactics to get uh, Mark Adams to follow him is basically telling Adams like, dude, tech's not going to hire you. What are you doing staying here? So, yeah, I, and I choose to believe that that happened. Yeah. Because I'm going to why well. not? I didn't a week ago. I didn't, necessarily believe for sure that he would bolt for UT of all places. And this was, Oh man, do you remember that brief hour or so that we had also on April 1st when Roy Williams of North Carolina retired? (laughs) Yeah, there was like, it was like nine o'clock or whatever, uh, Monday morning. And it was like Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. It was the day beard left. Yeah. It was like, hold on a second. Like, yes. <laughs> could he, could he, uh, Texas tech slash UNLV, the, the horns here and ditch them within hours to go yeah, take. I, I saw that tweet and only had about 10 minutes to enjoy it before the beard news came along. Oh man. Cause I was, I thought maybe if, if he was really considering UT, which none of us 
really knew how deep it was at that exact moment that maybe he would pull all the stops there and try to go for UNC. Cause that just seemed like it would make more sense. And we could all understand that everyone in their right mind could understand that. But having been here in Lubbock, having seen this program up close versus what UT has done in the same five years or so, the fan support, the community support, Donor support. It's still, yeah, it's still just the, you know, Hokut made it clear that Beard was, he was very hands-on in the design of the Womble. And there's a lot of features in there that aren't going to be available in a bunch of other places in the country. Two other things I wanted to mention. Um, recruiting might, might be easier in UT. I'm not positive about that, but there's a, there's a chance that's still true. So um, I not would, a chance. That's probably that's probably accurate. I'm not saying Lubbock's hard. To, I'm not that guy. I'm not saying because Adams does didn't say it today either. He made it very clear it's easy to recruit to Lubbock. And I'm thinking now, yeah, it is. So for I, sure. I was gonna I was gonna counter that and say, well, it may be easier to get the five star guys committed, but look at the top end talent he's been able to recruit here and what they've done, namely, leave Burnett and and Tomway this year they they played a handful of games like I don't want to play for him. Now I don't know if it was a personality thing of Chris Beard's inflated ego and the players inflated egos or not wanting to play for him or something else happened. When you when you build your your program identity off of blue collar hard work that flies in the face of who Texas tells you they are. And especially when you talk about their fans, like the whole Chris Beard, like we wanted Chris Beard. So we went and got Chris Beard. Well, the way that he's built the program is off of hard work or that's what, you know, he told everybody. Are you going to get players that want to come to Texas in all of that attitude? And then also feel like, they belong and they want to, they want to work hard or they just want to be entitled because they're this certain number of McDonald's all Americans and so many stars next to their name. Yeah, that's definitely a challenge. All right. So definitely a challenge. One last thing on this. Yeah. What do you think Nike versus under armor could possibly play into this? That's kind of an X factor I've seen thrown around. So I can understand the perception, the, the, the waning perception of under armor, especially with, with the youth athletes, the youths. I just don't know if like you can make a coaching decision based off of like, well, I'm currently (laughs) in an under armor school and they're a Nike school. I mean, maybe like if we want to talk about everything else being equal, like maybe that's enough. Be like, okay, it's his alma mater and it's Nike. <laughs> I don't know, but like, well, I feel like if you said if you did a pros and cons list, according to what the kids like, Nike would definitely be a pro and sure. UA would be a con. Yeah, I understand that, but I also like, what do you do about that? It's, it's not like Texas Tech <laughs> can just like hold on beard and then turn around to, to underarm but say, we're going to cancel our contract with you so we can keep one coach on. Sure. Yeah. I, nothing- I doubt that was ever a, 
Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff. I'm trying to understand it, man. Trying to get my, my head in there. I just think he's, he felt like he was almost too anointed here and just needed to start over or something. And for some reason he picked the worst possible place he could have picked. Yeah. So we spent all that time talking about Chris Beard. Let's talk about Mark Adams. Yes, that's a good idea. (laughs) Announced that he was being promoted Monday. The fifth press conference was tonight. Other candidates that were considered, um, and I think a lot of people got on board, Darvin Ham. But I think what we saw, at least what what some of the things I've been seeing is like, obviously with the experience that Mark Adams has, he's had building this program, being involved in the college game. He was interview ready with a list of here's what I could do. Here's the people I would bring on like day one, like ready to roll with that. Whereas Darvin Ham probably wasn't as like polished on that side of it. Not saying he wouldn't be a good coach, but an NBA assistant having this kind of job opportunity dropped in their lap and having a couple of days to put together what Adams has been working on his entire career. I mean, it was going to be difficult. Now the, there was that one dream scenario where you're like, well, we probably can't get ham here unless he's the head coach and maybe we can get Adams to stay on as an associate head coach. Give him, give him a million dollars to have him stay on and, and have ham and Adams work together. And I was getting all on board on that, but I was like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you can't get both. I don't see a way that you can get both because they both interviewed for the head coaching job. Now it's like, Michael, they interview you for the CEO at your company. And they're like, actually, why don't you go be a VP of operations over there? Like, <laughs> I mean, okay. Like that would sting for would sting me, a little. for me, like that, that's still a massive step up, but that, that wouldn't be a step up for, for Adam. Like he would be in the same position with a new head coach after having applied and interviewed for the position. I mean, it's like, um, that the head coach at, at Kansas was it Beatty? At oh, football, they yes. did that. Like he interviewed oh, for football. the head coaching we job. We switched to football on me. Yes. Yeah. David Beatty. Yeah. And then like, he didn't last very long there. No. And the other thing on him was I was, I, the more I researched him, uh, his career post tech, the more I kind of doubted his, not, I mean, not his ability to coach in college, but maybe just his interest for one, because he has committed his his life since what 98 to the NBA. Yeah. He's been in, he's been involved as a player or a coach essentially that entire time in the NBA and obviously loves it. And that's his wheelhouse. And that is what he knows. And that's what he's really good at. And, and um, he is good at it because his name is popping up in head coaching searches as recently as January and October. You know, I know that he was, he was sought after by the, I think he interviewed with the Clippers. I think he interviewed with the Pacers. So it's, he's probably thinking it's just a matter of time before he's going to get his chance as a head coach of an NBA team. And you've got what, 28 of those. You got 28 NBA teams floating yeah. around um, it, it, in an it, environment you're completely used to and have been familiar with for decades versus dropping into a, a, a league with 300 and something teams. And just having to learn 
things, you know, things are so different. Things would be so different for him. So I agree that I think he's, he is a good coach and he's probably going to get his shot as an NBA head coach. And this might've hindered that even further if he would have taken this. And it seems like that's the trajectory he's wanting and headed towards and more power to him. I really hope he gets that and gets that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where like it would have been a massive um, transition to go from the NBA, like you were saying into college, if that was even something he wanted, like he may have been more just agreeable to the interview because it is his alma mater and they were considering him or wanted to reach out for him to him for this position. Maybe he was like, you know what? I'll talk to him. Yeah. I could be interested, but like right now until Thursday, my goal was to be the head coach in the NBA. So, yeah. And he's, I mean, he, he comes back to tech. He's mm-hmm. involved with tech as much as he can be. He's obviously a very busy guy during basketball season. So he's, it's, no one doubts his loyalty to tech and you know, his, his, what he thinks of West Texas and he's got family here. I think he said his dad was from Slayton or something like that in an interview I saw not too long ago. So it's, it's one of those things where you, you know that he probably would have been a good fit and would have made it work, but he may have had to sacrifice kind of his dream a little bit to do it. And that I totally get. Yeah. The other couple of guys that were mentioned as having been considered or at least interviewed, uh, Grant McCaslin from UNT and Joe Golding from Abilene Christian. Um, I think a lot of people kind of looked at both of those guys and were like, probably the Texas tech job is better than McCaslin, um, as, as a candidate. Um, and then it, it kind of, it, slowly came out probably early Monday afternoon that like he was no longer being considered. And for Golding, it may have been more like the thought was to interview him or reach out to him. Uh, I know that president Skuvenek said there were eight or 10 yes. uh, candidates that had reached out and that were on their list. Um, and they had started with ham and Adams and realized maybe we don't have to go through the whole eight or 10 names on this list. So Golding may not have even been officially or, you know, confirmed as being interviewed. Um, now Kirby Hocutt on Thursday said they were going to use a, a, a search form. Um, but like in, in the press conference tonight, I, I can't remember if it was Hocutt or Skuvenek that said is like, you know, as part of that, having identified ham and Adams as their clear front runners. Like we don't need anybody else. We also had a bunch of people reach out to us. Um, yeah. That, you know, we, we, we didn't feel like we needed the extra support and resources that the firm could have uh, provided. So they had this group of people they were going to work through. Uh, and then they were going to turn it over and have, you know, Hocut, Skuvenek, Womble and Batik kind of sort through that. And they settled on Mark Adams. And I think, a lot of people are extremely excited, especially if you look at the attendance tonight, there were a lot yes. of people there. Yes. There were people showing up two hours before the press conference to tailgate, to drink some beer and get, get <laughs> pregame a press conference to get, to get amped up, to hear, to hear Mark Adams speak. Uh, and just to cheer him, just, just to be excited about him. I'm, 
I, I really, I didn't know enough about McCaslin to have much of an opinion. I feel like Golding is a great coach. Um, but I think his, his ties to beard right it now would have been questionable. Like, do we want kind that? of a disadvantage? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do we want that? Do we want these guys? Do they even want that? You know, yeah. would beard and Golding want to go head to head twice a year guaranteed? They, they probably don't. I don't think they like playing each other now as it is, but I think it was good for ACU and just kind of good for, well, it was good for beards team too. I mean, those ACU teams put <laughs> tech to the test. So anyway, I, I wasn't super excited about either of those. I have not been this excited about a coaching hire since 12, 12, 12, where in Kingsbury was hired. So take that for what it's worth. Um, but I really am. I feel like Adams is the guy for the job. He's, he's really built up a heck of a resume, which I'll finally shut up and let you read that here in a second. But, but he's, um, I don't know. His, his press conference went over well. You can tell that he's, He's a different type of public speaker than Chris Beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's less dynamic, but it doesn't mean he's less engaging, and it probably doesn't mean um, anything when it comes to coaching basketball or um, communicating in, in a room of fifteen or twenty people, like we were talking about before we started recording. Spencer mentioned that, so I was really impressed with his his honesty, how much the moment was really hitting him. He had his 90-year-old mother there. Yeah. Uh, just, just, I mean, his family was there. You could tell when, the second he started talking about his family, he immediately felt more comfortable and at ease and was just flowing. So I, th- I think I just really look forward to, to what he's going to do and, um, you know, who he's going to hire, which we have a little bit of, what, of who he's going to hire um, a little bit later. Yeah. So one of the things that, like, like Michael was saying, is that we, we talked about, no, uh, this speaking in front of this kind of crowd is, is not Mark Adams strong suit, but I think you can, you can glean some, some, some positives out of that and be like, you know, I, I think you're going to be able to read him a lot better because I, I think one of the biggest things that red Raider fans have felt since Thursday is that we got played that we, we were, we were sold a set of lies and we believed it. And we believed that Chris Beard believed it. And then on Thursday, like, I don't think he even believed that some of the stuff he was saying and Kyle brought this up in, in, in our Slack chat that maybe one of the things that, that hurt us the most was that he sold us that Texas tech could be a place that you could win. And ultimately mm-hmm. his actions proved he didn't believe that. Yeah. He, um, he, he turned on his own words in, in several instances, but particularly that one hurts. But, but then, Adams, yeah, just up, his, yeah. His ability to be genuine, his ability to, I mean, he, he couldn't help but thank people about every, about every third sentence. He couldn't help it. That's just seems like that's who he is. I, I was, I was struck by the honesty of it and how much he was in the moment knowing this momentous thing that he had, he had dreamed about since he was a kid bugging Gerald Myers mm-hmm. in practices and stuff that this was happening. And it was just kind of all hitting him all at that same point. So yeah, it, I was not expecting a Chris Beard soundbite, you know, spitting out 30 words per second type of press conference. And this is exactly pretty much exactly what I expected Adams to do. And it resonated with a lot of people because it was so different and it felt so honest. And I, I think once you get him talking about basketball and stuff, he's, 
he's going to be sitting there like you're, you're his old friend from, from high school or something in Brownfield. Yeah. Well, speaking of, he spent 24 years of his career as a head coach here in Texas, 19 of those years out here in West Texas in the Panhandle area, uh, the past seven years as a, an assistant coach or associate head coach on this Red Raider staff. He's appeared in three championship games as a coach, two as a head coach, one as an assistant. He won one of those games as a head coach. Um, you saw on 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 Twitter uh, over the weekend, and 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 Coach Adams even um, referenced it. Like the outpouring of support from his former players was impressive. They didn't have to say anything, but they did. Um, and you you even got guys like uh, Trey and Rayford Young kind of throwing their, their yeah. support and endorsement behind Mark Adams. Um, and obviously uh, he's, he's the one credited with, with the defensive toughness and identity that you've seen at Texas tech the past few years. So you assume that that, that same kind of toughness will be present um, on, on, on his teams as a head coach. He did go out and hire today the Portland state head coach Barrett Peary as his associate head coach. So he's basically hired him to be Mark Adams on Mark (laughs) Adams staff. Um, And the thing that you like, when you start looking at, at Peary's style of play and, and and what he's done, you can kind of start putting all the pieces together. Like if they can figure out how to do all of this together, which it would be a, would be difficult to blend these two things together. It's going to be a daunting task to face the Red Raiders every night. Peary is known for it. Like he's got it. He's got a hashtag after him. Hashtag Peary pressure. He has, he's been known for this smothering full court press style of defense that he employs. Um, And then he ties it with just an ungodly amount of shots from an up-tempo offense. Super um, up-tempo. So Ryan Mainville uh, over here, if you look at their, um, if you look at Texas Tech's shots per game or field goal attempts per game, at least if you look at their rankings, um, going back to 2016, 2017, 274th, 250th, 280th, 274th. And then this year was their best at 188th. But then if you compare that to what Peary has done, um, gosh, I just had it pulled up. It's like the, the complete opposite. Um, I've got it. If you need it. Yeah. I, I, I jumped into Mainville's like Twitter feed and it's a lot, a lot of stuff from the, yeah, so from the 17-18 season, Portland State there it is. was second in the nation. Next season, 22nd in the nation. Following season, fifth. And then this season, 66th. So every season, you know, more than 200 spots faster than Tech. Uh, you know, Tech's, Tech's best season, they got off this this year, 57.7 field goal attempts per game. Whereas Peary's best season ended with 68.6 attempts per game. So a faster paced offense, which 
I would be open to. I, mm-hmm. I hope Tech has the players to do that while also maintaining a full court press. I mean, Tech did lose Coach Riley, who went to Austin. Um, we love Coach Riley. We wish him the best. He's a great coach. Going to miss him a lot. Um, but, you know, the conditioning and the strength aspect is is going to really be tested if this is the type of offense and, and defense that they're going to run. Yeah, so looking at um, Peary's first year at Portland State, they averaged over 30 field goals made per game, which was good for fourth in all of Division I on 68.6 field goals attempted, which is good for a team that shot for the season in his first season as a head coach, 44% from the field. Holy cow. Taking, you know, the second most shots in the country. Well, and our main man, Mainville here, which if you guys don't follow him, please do. Our Mainville, LBK, M-A-I-N-V-I-L-L-E. Follow Ryan on Twitter. Uh, He put all this stuff together. He also mentioned in a separate tweet that Peary, as a head coach, is 217 and 59. That's a pretty good ratio. He's a winner. He's a winning guy. Mm -hmm. He's not... I mean, this is obviously a guy I really didn't know much about till today, but I'm excited that he's part of part of this staff. And it gives me a lot of hope to see that this is one of, if not the first guy that, that coach Adams has hired and brought on. And we should also mention, mm-hmm. we, I don't think we mentioned this earlier. Oh, we're not down to it yet. <laughs> We got to get, wait, hang on. I'm jumping ahead. Go ahead. All right. Just a couple more things from Peary's and his performance. Um, his teams, at least in the, in the first year, 14 and a half offensive rebounds per game. Good for second in the country. 9.8 steals per game. Second in the country, 85 points per game. Third in the country, 18.1 opponent turnovers forced per game. You pair disruptive. those two, <laughs> disruptive and turning those extra possessions into points. Um, cause I know like you look at Texas tech and the, the way that they, the way they've played defense is they've limited shots by, by making you find the best available shot, which takes a lot of time off the clock and forcing you to, to hit that shot. Um, that can keep you in a game, but the way that Peary plays defense I would say even then contributes back to the offense. It's not just keeping you in the game. It's helping propel your offense as well. Um, so he, he is a confirmed hire so far. There would be probably uh, another head, or, sorry, another assistant coach or two spots available. One of the other names that we've heard uh, is Steve green, who is a South Plains head coach. Um, Although I don't think he'd be coming on as an assistant coach, more of an analyst or a consultant. And you're like, well, why would he come to like go from a head coach at a junior college to that? It was like, well, he can make a lot more money. <laughs> I, I, I heard that like he would, uh, I mean, even as much as I, I saw his, his uh, salary rumored to be close to a hundred thousand dollars right now at South Plains as their head coach, he could get a pretty healthy, um, a bump up in that salary just to come be an analyst or consultant, kind of like Sean Sutton was on, on beard staff. Wouldn't even technically have to move. No, he could, he could just Still commute here. from Leveland. 
Um, so you've got that. We're obviously going to keep our eyes out for other names that are, are coming. Do you um, want to let me let me share some stats with you that Kyle is posting in the Slack chat as we speak? Yes. Kyle has combined Peary and Adams's head coaching record. It's 70, 788 to th- and 330, which is a percentage of 705. If you add green into that, it's 1317 to 468, which is a winning percentage of 0.738. So imagine having those three guys on your staff who have won a combined 1300 basketball games as head coaches. That's looking pretty good. It's ridiculous. Um, Kyle nice was, job, Kyle. <laughs> he, well, he was there. He was at the, at the, the event today and a little scoop here. He said that he actually saw Sean Sutton there, uh, not on the floor or, you know, in the stands, or whatever, but in the, in the tunnel. And he embraced coach Adams afterwards. Um, not really saying one way or the other, whether, you know, Sutton's going to be on the staff or not, but yeah, well, and, and to to kind of back that up a little bit, Sutton's still on the website as of this recording Tuesday night. So that could mean something. It could mean nothing. Yeah. So roster updates, player updates really quickly. Um, we'd heard that Marco Santos Silva would be out. Uh, and I don't know if you want to read into it, but he was, he was in attendance tonight. He was there on the floor. Uh, one of a small number of players that were mentioned uh, and pointed out. He could definitely still come back. He, um, obviously, we saw him there tonight. Uh, Kyler Edwards announced he was entering the transfer portal. Um, but then one of the very first, I guess, wins of the Mark Adams era was getting Kyler Edwards to say, no, I'm coming back. I'm going to play at Texas tech and same thing with Kevin McCuller. Um, yes. we saw that too. He, he tweeted out a graphic that said, I'm not going anywhere. Um, yeah. And, and McCuller, he was just kind of, he never said he was, he, he was, more was silent. Yes. Well, he, he said he had kind of an ambiguous tweet after beard left, but Edwards did flat out declare he was going to go into the transfer portal and said his goodbyes and was, you know, after a coaching change, you expect that. And that's another reason to kind of get upset about the whole thing, about how it happened. Not at the players because the players need to do what's best for them. And that may not be sticking around. Um, if they feel like they could do better elsewhere or if, if just, yeah, I don't know for, for a variety of reasons, but anyway, yeah, there's, there's speculation. Santo Silva could, come back not not sure uh seems like pv is still pretty much gone i think he's kind of committed to the michigan route if that would work out for him um, yeah the, the, nothing uh, about mcclung or shannon yet nothing official shannon's been really tweeting some vague stuff that you could really look into one way or the other but uh the assumption is that they may both declare for the draft so we'll just have to see yeah haven't heard from jamari's burton tyreek smith or others some of the others, though, uh, Chibuzo Agbo was in attendance tonight, as was Clarence Nadolny and Avery Benson. Avery Benson wearing the, the Canadian, Canadian tuxedo. tuxedo, pretty sure. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't all denim, it sure was all blue. 
But the other things that that I want to just point your attention to really quickly, uh, you got to see some 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 great support from former players and Norris Odiase and Justin Gray uh, on the transition after Toby Smith left, um, and just adding to the just the number of, of former players that have endorsed and said nothing but good things about Coach Adams uh, and their excitement for the program and the direction it's it's headed. Yep. So um, we don't have. All of the basketball news yet. Um, Adams did, did say, you know, what's, <laughs> excuse me, what's next? Uh, and he, he kind of joked, he held up his cell phone and say, if my phone rings, I'm going to have to step out. <laughs> I've got some, <laughs> some recruits to, to check in on. Um, I'm not even sure if that was a joke or not. <laughs> I don't think Positive. it was. Um, and then, you know, it's obviously got some, some other position coaches to fill out, some staff members to, to bring on board to see uh, just where uh, this program is going. Um, but yeah, so with that, we're going to, we're going to head over and talk a little bit of baseball. Um, but guys, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on pro basketball and the start of the major league baseball season bet online.ag has all the betting action in the NBA. The conference races are heating up as teams prepare to make their run for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, Bet Online has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, championship boxing, Bet Online has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. Bet Online has you covered for all the odds and real time updates and is the place to be for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with Bet Online. Guys, gals, your outdoor experiences could be better, clearly better. Kanan's sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Kanan's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch, which would be very handy for me. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Kanan sunglasses elevate your experiences outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code KananCast15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's KananCast15, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5, Kanan. Clearly better. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's, uh, let's talk a little baseball. What do you say, Michael? Roll it. So Texas Tech hit the road this weekend, Easter weekend, take on Kansas State in Manhattan. Um, we mentioned the first game Thursday night, Texas Tech won 17 to one. And then, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to say besides that old uh, Ron Washington, that's the way baseball go. <laughs> Except it happened twice Saturday. That's so uh, his quote is so applicable to many things. Uh, I, it was Friday and Saturday. The games on Friday and Saturday. Um, Kansas state, like at least on Friday, uh, they got to, to Monteverde and it, he, he looked human. <laughs> he gave up three, uh, three runs in the first inning, two of which were off of home runs. Um, 
Kansas State ends up winning Saturday. They end up winning Friday, excuse me, uh, seven to two, and then wrap up the series victory on Saturday, 10 to four. Um, yeah, and, and heading into the weekend, like uh, on, on our, our statistical comparison, like Texas Tech held the statistical advantages in like all but two of the offensive coordinator or offensive categories and all but two of the defensive categories. Um, but that's not what played out on the field. So you can't just look at the, the numbers and say, this is how it's going to work out. Because um, Kansas State was ready for you. And I don't know... Again, I don't know what led to that. Uh, I don't have the insight or the access to the program that w- would say um, otherwise. I knew I do know that Drew Baker is uh, limited uh, in in his performance with a, a hamstring injury, but he wouldn't be the one that you know has you playing seventeen to one on Thursday and then losing seven to two on Friday or ten to four on Saturday. Um. So you, you you lose this this great opportunity. Um, you know, going into it, we all were kind of saying Tech Tech should win the series, um, probably should sweep, and then you end up losing the series two two games to one, um, and then you fall to five hundred in conference play, three and three. Um, to look up and see TCU coming into town this weekend. Um, TCU yeah. is TCU's on a bit of a roll too. They are 20 and seven on the year, six and zero in conference play. They jumped up into the top 10 rankings. Um, Texas tech after this past weekend at D one baseball has you at eight baseball, America at 11 national college baseball writers association at 10 collegiate baseball, 10, the AP baseball coaches poll at eight and your RPI drops one spot from 20 to 21. Um, now, as much as I just said, all those statistical comparisons between Texas Tech and Kansas State uh, didn't end up meaning much. Looking at this upcoming series, um, it's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Texas Tech holds some offensive uh, or hold the advantage in, in, in some offensive categories or ties with them. Uh, Texas tech and TCU are tied for team batting average at 294. Um, Tech's on base percentage is four thousandths of a point better than TCU. So Texas one TCU's is second uh, slugging percentage. Again, tech is first at 514. TCU is at second. Um, you've hit three more doubles. Than TCU, they've hit six more triples than you have. You've hit ten more home runs. That's probably the biggest gap you'll see anywhere. Um, is the triples and home runs, and and that would immediately jump off the page and say like TCU's ballpark is bigger. And you look at the stats or the dimensions; it's the same size. It just may play bigger that they hit that many more um, triples than you do versus how many home runs you hit. Um, TCU scores the most runs. They, they're, uh, well, Texas Tech and TCU average the same 8.3 runs per game. TCU's played one more game than you have. So they've scored eight more runs on the season. Total runs. Um, they are first in walks where you are second. Uh, they are fifth in strikeouts to your seventh. 
in terms of your offense striking out. Um, and they are first in stolen bases to your fifth. Now the pitching and defense side is where it's a lot more in TCU's favor. Their team ERA is second at 338. Opponents batting average, um, barely above 200. They're good for first in the conference. You're at third. Um, you're first and second in terms of teams giving up uh, hits. TCU's first at 187 to Texas Tech's 191. Um, they have given up 107 runs on the year to your 116. Uh, they walk. Oh, 0.7 batters, fewer, fewer batters per nine innings than you do. They strike out a little more than one more batter per nine innings than you do. You guys are tied Texas deck and TC are tied in number of home runs given up and their fielding percentage is just three thousandths of a point better. Um, 975 for TCU, 972 for Texas Tech. So again, yeah, all I mean, these are really close, but also yes. um, having the home field advantage may come in to really uh, affect this series. Or you, you could look at this and be like, you know, Oklahoma State may not be as good of a team as we thought they were. Uh, and then you went on the road and struggled against Kansas State. Maybe Texas Tech is not as good of a team as you thought they were. And TCU is kind of turning the opposite direction. So this, this series, this, this opportunity this weekend, um, great to kind of rebalance, redirect your, your momentum, um, with TCU, who, like Michael said, is, is on a, on a little streak here. Like, like, uh, they've won six conference games to year three. Yeah. And to mention Tech's home field advantage, TCU's eight and two on true away games for the year. They travel. Tech does has not really traveled well this year. Uh, both of these teams are three and three on neutral games. Tech is one and two on away games. Obviously, those two in Manhattan. That was the first time they'd had a true away game all year. Um, so it's it's I'm not going to say concerning, but TCU is this is going to be a tough series. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, going to be a really sure. tough series, even though it's at home. They're going to be able to to win games. They who did they sweep? They swept. Uh, they swept Oklahoma and Norman. And, you know, just just last week. So that's that's not anything to you know completely sneeze at either, including a seventeen to six score on mm-hmm. Saturday. So it's it's been a really solid team, and not to min- not to forget too at the opening series that started the whole season with the college baseball showdown TCU was the only big 12 team to come out with a win. They beat Mississippi state three to two mm-hmm. and you know, tech went zero and three Texas went zero and three. They're a salty team. Yeah. And then like as good as they are, you look at their schedule and you see a lot of similarities between what you've done and what they've done. Um, like when they played in the Shriners hospitals, uh, for children college classic. They defeated Texas A&M Corpus Christi 15 to five Texas state 10, five. They ended up losing to Sam Houston state though, five to six in extras. And they followed that up a couple days ago and lost by 10 runs to Texas state and San Marcos. You're like, what happened there? They lost yeah, the game. To, a rough stretch. <laughs> they, they actually lost two games to Gonzaga, eight, 13, uh, seven, 10. Um, they lost a game to Louisiana on the road. Uh, but since then though, 
They rattled off 10 straight, two versus Louisiana, three versus Baylor, one versus UT Arlington, three versus Oklahoma, and then one at Tarleton State. So there are, they're riding a little bit of a hot streak here. Um, so as I mentioned in the, the Friday game versus Kansas State, Monteverdi came down to earth a little bit. He was throwing his ERA heading into the weekend was 0.75, leaving Manhattan's now just over 2, 2.03. Um, that's good for sixth in the Big 12 at for all pitchers, not just starting pitchers. His whip barely ticked up to 0.8 and his opponent batting average is still a 206 uh, through 40 innings pitch giving up um, less than 0.7 walks per nine innings pitch that went down. His strikeouts per nine innings went up to over 10 strikeouts per nine. Um, and he went to five and one on the season after taking that first loss. Um in terms of the team stats, Texas Tech is seventh in the country in runs. I'm, I'm going to drop a couple comparisons in for TCU just to, for preview sake. Tech, TCU is third. Um, Texas Tech is fourth in the country in walks earned. Like we, we talked about that for several weeks now. TCU is third. Uh, Tech is sixth in on-base percentage. TCU is 10th. Um, Texas Tech is fourth in double plays turned. Uh, TCU is tied for 39th. The thing here though, is it's, it's within just a small handful of double plays turned. Um, cause there are a lot of teams that are kind of stacked up and tied. Um, and same thing with, with home runs here while Texas tech is six in the country. TCU is tied for 24th. Uh, it's because there are a lot of teams that have the same number of home runs, um, that TCU does at 32. So not as big of a gap as it seems. Yeah. So like that, that tied for 39th in double place turned. I mean, one that's going to do with like maybe TCU just doesn't let as many runners on base. Um, it, it doesn't really say um, that they're not good at, at, at erasing runners off the base paths uh, and, and turning double plays. It just means um, that gap is just smaller, smaller than it would appear. If you're just looking at, well, we're fourth and they're 39th and we're sixth in home runs. and They're 24th. Maybe you could look at that at the end of the season and be like, there's a bigger gap there, but especially early on, we're talking about 26 and 27 games. The difference here is fairly small. So these two teams will be uh, at least statistically very evenly matched. I'm looking forward to seeing a real um, threat through a real, I don't want to say opponent, but like, um, a big time matchup coming into town this weekend for the, for this, the, the series. Yeah, definitely. And they are going to be tough. I, I really hope tech comes out with, I mean, obviously you want a series win, but at least squeak, squeak a win period. Um, you know, that I, I, I'm hoping they're taking that Kansas state series personally. That was a pretty bad outing on, uh, the offensive side for sure. Well, and you know, pitching and defense too, just not, not the best series, but so, you know, as we've said before, all these games that we've just, we've talked about all the TCU games are on ESPN plus, uh, then excitingly there's a midweek series versus Stephen F. Austin Tuesday and Wednesday also on ESPN plus. I really like midweek series, especially that Wednesday one at 1 PM. Cause I, 
truly enjoy listening to baseball at work. <laughs> There's just something about having a baseball game on at work that makes you feel like you're not completely at work. So that's, that's, that's kind of a fun thing. So yeah, TCU Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then Stephen F. Austin, Tuesday and Wednesday. I think our office is trying to go to one of those games next week. Oh, well, there you go. See that? Now that's a good bonding experience. That's what you need. Some more tech athletics outings for the office. Yeah. During the week. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Midweek baseball is just great. Yeah. We're going next Wednesday. There you go. 1 p.m. All right. So uh, let's, uh, let's wrap up with what we learned, Michael. Okay. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. Right. So going yard update. Let me tell you, I've made progress on our garden. Oh, cool. I, I, I've planted all those seeds um, in a, the little seed planting tray. I've even got it on one of those uh, heated mats and then have the tray covered with a non-vented piece of plastic. So it keeps the water in. So it raises the temperature of the soil to help get it to germinate a little bit quicker. Uh, we're on day two. So maybe next time we record, we'll see a little green popping up. Um, I planted tomatillos, tomatoes, jalapenos, Hungarian wax peppers, cayenne, Ooh. habaneros, sunflowers, uh, cucumbers, squash, Blackberries, raspberries, strawberries. I think that's it. That's a that's a really good, really good mixture you got there. And because be prepared, of, those sunflowers are going to get huge. We did sunflowers once at our old house, and they were peeking way over our fence. Yeah, <laughs> they were like seven foot tall. I'm okay with that. Um, and the other ones, like they're going to be good to pick off, like. I mean the the squash and cucumbers. Like we're, I think we're gonna try to make some some pickles. Um, not sure why we did squash. Besides, it kind of feels like what everybody does. Like, oh, I'm going to the garden. I'm gonna make some cool. Well, I'll tell you what. Squash. If you're ever looking for somebody to get rid of that squash, then oh, for just sure, come right over here, man. Or I'll, um, I will come pick it up. But some of the other ones are more just like for fun. Like if we can get those berries and keep the birds out of them, like. That those are more like treats. Like, hey, I'm working in the garden. I'm gonna go ha- grab a handful of of, of uh, <laughs> raspberries while I do this, or strawberries. Even though I, I heard strawberries could take a little, quite a bit longer to to mature to where they're producing edible fruit. Well, you should be in good shape. You know, Texas is weird, but there shouldn't be another freeze. Right. We've so seen was, late April freezes. You never know, but. I'm thinking you're going to be okay. We'll just have to see, but I, I'm excited, man. That's a, that's a good crop of stuff you've got going there. The, the good and thing about that though, it, it's going to be a while before they're ready to go from what they're in now. Then they're going to go into individual little pots. And then from there, they're going to go into the ground. So like, there's still going to be some time between now and then when I'm going to have to have the actual garden area ready. I haven't quite, I haven't quite killed that grass yet. It's going to, it's going to hurt me to do it. I know, man. Are you going to get a, are you doing the whole thing? You getting the rototiller? I'm going to have to. Yeah. yeah. You going to rent one or do you know somebody that has one? I'm going to have to go rent one. Yeah. Well, you know, it's part of it. Yeah. And then I'm going to give Don't you. Don't tear up your sprinkler. <laughs> well, no. So the, there, there are two sprinkler heads in that, in, in that, in that area, but they're in the corners of where, uh, like in opposite corners of the little square rectangle space that we're going to have. So. 
Right. But where does the tape run? Does the tape run on the outside? Well, I, I don't, how I don't, are they fed by water? They're they're What do you mean? How does the water get to those sprinkler heads? Well, so the, the, the pipes are, are fairly deeply buried. So I shouldn't, okay. I shouldn't be like, as long as I'm staying away from the sprinkler heads, I shouldn't be hitting the pipes that feed the heads. Okay. Now that I said that though, I'm probably going to tear everything up. Um, but I want to give a quick little league update. We won our first two oh, games yes. of the season since we last recorded Thursday of all things happening on four one. Um, we had a game Thursday night. We won that one, walked it off. Um, now Beautiful. granted we were playing a team that we were told was one of the weaker teams in the conference or the, in, in our division. And I was frustrated that we were struggling with them. But like, so wait, 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 you want it on offense, not on some incredible relay from deep center field. That's exactly right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, but another thing or two. So in this division, you only play six innings. Like you play up to six innings. Uh, and then it's, it's also capped by time, whether you hit the time limit first or the, the innings first. Um, but yeah, so we, we have it tied in the bottom of the sixth. We get a guy, like our first two batters, one gets on, um, on first and then our big bat, our, our, our number three batter comes up. I was like, I feel good about this one. And he crushes one. And I'm like, I'm like waving the guy around, like all the way from first. I'm like, you're going to score from first. And he did. And we walked it off. Oh, that's beautiful. And like, it's one of those things where like, we shouldn't be this competitive and vocal about it. But like, I kind of felt about it afterwards. Cause like we were, we were going hard. Like we were screaming, like we were, we were celebrating, we were enjoying it. Um, and we played again on Saturday. Um, the team was, was quite a bit better on Saturday. Um, your opponent or your team? Well, both, both the, the, the opponent was better for sure. Um, we, we traded a bunch of runs early on. Like we, we won the game eight to 10, 10, eight. So we played the, the Yankees. We only played five innings because of, we ran out of time. Uh, we gave up one run in the first. Then we took the lead in the bottom of the first two to one. And we gave up four runs in the second. So we were down five, two after two. I was like, Oh, that sucks. <laughs> bottom of the third, we scored two to pull it within five, four. We tie it in the fourth five, Ooh. five. And then the Yankees get up to bat at the, the, so they're, they're, they're visiting teams. So they're batting first in the inning and time expires. I was like, okay, we just got to get out of this inning. And then we, we, we have to score a run. But in the top of the fifth, we gave up three runs. I was like, are you <sighs> kidding me? So was it eight, five now? It was eight, eight, six, eight, six. No, no, okay. no, no. Okay. It was, it was eight, five, eight, five. And it was our turn to bat. And as the guys were coming in, as the players were coming in to, to get ready to bat, I was like, all right, look at me. We need four runs. I need everybody hitting. Let's go. <laughs> it was my, my, my motivational speech. Um, and then what do we do? We score five runs to win the game. It's just um, a thing of beauty. So what, what happens is our pitcher, our second or third best player comes up to bat. He's a first batter uh, in the bottom of the fifth hits a home run. I was like, all right, so we got one run back. Here we go. Um, but then I'm like, I'm looking at our lineup and we're like, he was our last good batter 
before we like, we're just like, we just have to get through the, this part of the order and then like turn it back over and get to the, our lead off batter. Um, we have a kid come up who was like three of four on the day and it was probably his three first hits of the season. So like I, I felt pretty good about him. Uh, he comes up, he singles, then Grayson comes up and until today had not hit a ball. Um, and he hits a double, um, my chest. <laughs> so the, the guy in front of Grayson ends up scoring. So Grayson has, he, he goes two for three on the day with two RBI. I was like, <laughs> my dude of all the days you decide to start hitting the ball, you go two for three and knock in two runs. Um, but okay. So the crazy thing is, so he hits the ball down the third baseline, the third baseman, like she was a wall. She like nothing got past her. Like, there were balls smoked right at her. There were balls that dribbled up to her. It didn't matter. She, she ate it all up. The problem was, I think she was unsure about what to do with the ball when she got it. So when Grayson's getting to first, like the girl still has the ball in her hand. One of their defensive coaches is getting excited and coming out and yelling at her, run it to second, run the ball to second. The problem is he's yelling this right over Grayson. So Grayson just turns the corners, running a second. I was like, no, oh, no. <laughs> because then she figures out, oh, now it's a race. So they raced a second. Grayson is safe like a step. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I can't. Did he slide? No, no, no. Because they're, they're not coordinated enough to slide. But like, he well, got just, there I just, just before. Um, and I was like, I can't blame Grayson for running to second because, like, that's what he heard. And the yeah. first base coach is behind him. Like that's where he would have expected to hear his direction. He heard something second, something second. Why wouldn't, why yeah. wouldn't he go ahead and keep going? Okay. So Grayson hits that. I mean, I, it, it's technically a single, but it's, he ended up on second and drove a run in. Um, then the batter behind Grayson comes up. Um, hits like this really weak ground ball, but with the way that they had played defense on it, they were more concerned about letting Grayson score because he would have been the tying run. So they held Grayson up at third, but this batter got to second. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Here we go. We got, we got our, our tying run at third, our go ahead run in scoring position. No outs. Like we're, we're just humming along. Um, but then I'm like, our two weakest batters are next. I was like, okay, but we only, we have zero outs. They both strike out. Expected that to happen. So, okay. Okay. Here we are. Two outs, two outs, our tying runs on third, go ahead runs on second. Our leadoff batter comes up. This is the dude that smoked a home run. His first at bat of the game. I was like, I'm feeling pretty good here, but here's the thing. So was he. <laughs> His first two swings, I swore like he was trying to blast this thing to the moon. Like he swung out of his shoes almost literally wasn't even close to hitting the ball. So like two outs, two strikes. And, and our pitching coach is like, dude, calm down. He sees what one pitch come by because in, in this league, you get five pitches or three swings. Um, that pitch he doesn't like. I was like, okay, that was his fourth pitch or third pitch or whatever. It's like, okay, here's his fourth. Um, then he fouls one off. I was like, okay, 
He swung, <laughs> made enough contact. Like, hey, last pitch, two strikes. And then he smokes this screaming line drive over everybody. It's like everybody. Look, oh, oh, there goes the ball. Um, and it, it would have been a double had like we had an actual outfield, like if they were playing outfield depth, whatever. Um, but you better believe the, the, when I saw that ball come off the bat, I, 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 I can't touch Grayson, but I was like, go <laughs> basically pushed him. And I sent the runner from second. So he, he technically was the winning run. Um, and the game technically would have ended nine to eight, but the defense was still trying to get the ball. And I was like, just go, just go. dude. <laughs> so I sent it the runner home, gave him a home run and he yeah. scored two. So we ended up winning eight to 10. So our, our first two wins of the season were, were back to back walk-offs. Um, same kid. Was it the same no. kid that did the walk-off both times? No. Okay. Um, but so going into Saturday, we were missing several of our, our, our kids because they were, they, we have 12 kids on the team. We played with nine on Saturday. We were missing our legit number one player, um, which also meant that like we had to shift around who was playing where. We had kids playing new positions. We're missing our best batter, our best defender. I was like, oh, man, but we, we sounds. We got Sounds it. like a pretty good coaching job there, coach. We got it done. Um, and we got it done on offense too. Let me just, just put that just jab point in. that out. Yep. Yeah. I think that's, that's a very big point to make in this league is offense is going to win you the games more than defense. Is. <laughs> so, cause even, even if you've got, you know, that, like you mentioned that girl at third base who was just grabbing everything. If she can't make the throw to first, which what kid that age can, then yeah, let's focus on batting practice a little bit more and, for a while, guys. <laughs> and you almost want them to try it to you like, yeah, I'll hit it to third or shortstop. Try to make that throw. Cause when you let's don't turn this into a triple, let's turn when you this don't, into a triple yeah, right now, <laughs> my runner's going to be on second or third. And if you make another bad throw, that's a run, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Cause that's what happened to us. Like legit. Oh sure. We did. Ga- yeah. We gave up a home run to one of their weakest batters. Because of that same, like we had three throwing errors on a play. I was like, oh my gosh, kill me now. <laughs> so we had practice tonight. We're going to practice again Thursday, which is the first thing we've had back-to-back practices since we started games. Um, and then we play again on Saturday versus another team that, so in terms of like difficulty, we play the Pirates, then the Yankees. Marlins should be better than the Yankees. Mm. But if we get our kids there and if we can get the bats going, we can keep them going. I like our chances. It's Dude, a lot of little two practices, back to back practices. Yeah. That's going to help. Kids are going to remember stuff, not <laughs> having to, you know, wait four days between practices or something or have like just back to back games with no practices. Yeah. Yeah. Which was what I was worried about, especially with when the we skeleton had to, crew, when we had to replace all those kids. Like we didn't have any, any time to practice this, but here we are. We walked it off twice. Gosh. Well, okay. I learned mine will be quick because it is definitely not as exciting as having to walk offs in your, in your coaching league with your son having a double going two for three on a day. Anyway, that's really exciting. Uh, you didn't happen to pr- plant Brussels sprouts in your garden. Did you? No, we did not. Do you like Brussels sprouts? No. Okay. Maybe I can change your mind. Oh, probably not. Uh, I, I, I think I've talked about them before, but 
the recent sort of renaissance, I guess I would say, of Brussels sprouts and not just Brussels sprouts, but vegetables in general. And I think you and I have definitely talked about this, about how roasting vegetables has just changed the game completely as opposed to always steaming them or always cooking them for nine hours with bacon grease and whatnot. So roasting vegetables has been a huge game changer. I never ate Brussels sprouts as a kid. I never had an opinion on it just because my family never made them. But then once they started roasting them, I got really into it and I really like them. And I tried a new thing this weekend at mom's when I went over there and I cooked on her grill for Easter. It was kind of funny. She bought Brussels sprouts, which I don't think I've known this woman to cook Brussels sprouts, but maybe once or twice in my 37 years. So she bought them and was like, hey, why don't you put these on the grill? And I'm like, okay. And I've done it once before, but the time I did it before, they got kind of dry. And I I figured out what it was. I read more online this time. And basically, it's kind of like if you're going to grill potatoes or something, you need to steam them. You need to cook them a little bit before you need to parboil them or something. And so my tip is this, what I learned is you get your mess of Brussels sprouts, you put it in a microwave safe bowl with, I don't know, two or three tablespoons of water, throw it in the microwave for three minutes, let them cook just enough to where it kind of soft starts to soften them. And then all we did was season them with, um, mom had some Greek seasoning at the house that I threw on there some lemon juice and some olive oil, threw them on the grill, turned out great. And then we dabbed them with some more olive oil. Nope. Some more lemon juice when they came off the grill. Mm. That's, that is what I learned is the good way to make Brussels sprouts is to steam them first so and I, they'll cook faster and they won't dry out. I think I've tried them. I just haven't found one that I really like. So I may have to give that a try. Yeah. Um, looking forward to, to all the, the garden adventures this spring and summer you gotta roast you some tomatillo sauce on my friend yeah i've tried they're, they're purple though so i'll have to see how that works out oh i so, like that yeah man so that'll do it for us in the 23 personnel podcast for michael i'm spencer we'll catch you next time thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the texas tech red raiders you can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.